I want to tell you, I'm, I, it's just always a thrill for me to be up here and be able to speak about God. And, and uh, we're sorry the things that are happening to uh, a beloved pastor and his wife. And so, anyway, we know that uh, God's got them in his hands, and so we're uh, very appreciative of that. Uh, and I want to say something here this morning. You know, not every day I get a chance to preach anymore since... Uh, I uh, have retired, basically, but you know, we're talking about this morning in our Sunday school class is that our lesson was on uh, reconciliation, being reconciled to other people, being reconciled to Jesus Christ himself, and you know, each of us, each one of us in here is a minister. You know that? Do you know that you're a minister? If you think you're a minister, raise your hand. Okay, that's most of you, and some of you may not think that, but we have a ministry of reconciliation bringing Jesus Christ into the lives of other people, our family and other people. And so it's very important that we understand that. And uh, so you do have a ministry, because one time I said, I asked some folks, I said, how many of y'all are ministers in here? And I didn't get anybody raising their hand. So you are a minister in your own right, and you have the ability to speak about Jesus Christ. You know, I think about it often because when I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking about Jesus. And when I go to bed at night, I'm thinking about Jesus. I mean, that's just me. Not everybody's that way. You should be. Every Christian ought to be that way. Thinking about the Lord and what he's doing in your life. And so this morning, I, uh, before I start this message, I just want to say a short prayer. Father God, I come to you, Lord, with my heart exposed before you. I love you, Lord. And I know that you're in control of all things, Father and so I ask right now that your name be exalted in what is said and done, and that you might receive the glory. For it's in Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen. Uh, if I had a title to my sermon this morning, it's on proximity. Okay, and most of you say, well, proximity, what does that mean? It means, how close are you to something? How close are you to something? Okay, and we're talking about the proximity of the return of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm going to be talking about this this morning. So if you have your Bibles, you'll open up to 1 Thessalonians 4.13, and we're going to read down through those. But something that's very near and dear to my heart is the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is everything, as the pastor even says. But his death, burial, and resurrection are just the beginning of what he did for us. Okay? And it includes the soon appearing of his children. The soon appearing, him is appearing for us to take his children to be at home with him. Soon appearing. And the Bible talks uh, uh, quite a bit about this very thing, okay? I want to th- tell you something. When you, when you enter the heavenly realm with Jesus Christ, when he comes back to take us home, it's going to be something different than you could even imagine. The joy is going to be unspeakable and full of glory. I mean, it's going to be a time where you'll say, I cannot believe this. You will believe it, but you can't believe it because it's going to be so... Uh, beautiful, so wonderful. And sometimes we don't even think about that, okay? The gospel is not just the good news that's in the Bible that Jesus has saved us, his death, burial, and res- resurrection, and that he came, you know, be crucified for us. That's not the end of it, okay? That's just really the beginning of it. Because I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. And so I need to know about those kinds of things that are going to happen. And uh, sometimes just, we really don't uh, talk too much about it. A lot of people... Uh, don't speak very much about it. You know, in, in uh, Revelation uh, chapter 19, verse 10, it says that Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 
Okay, Jesus' testimony, he is the one that said these things. The Bible is full of prophecy, okay? Some say 25 to 30% of the Bible is prophecy. It's amazing how much of it is prophecy, and we ought to be studying it. But we don't study it. A lot of people don't study it. They'd like to, and they say, well, it's too complex. It's too, uh, it's too uh, uh, laborious. Uh, you know, it takes forever to understand it. Yes, it does. But the Bible says in, in 2 Timothy 2.15 that we ought to be diligent about what we do. I had a professor in the seminary used to say, I'm going to make you guys engineers of the, uh, of the, uh, of the uh, scriptures. What does that mean, engineers? Well, engineers are people that find out the details, put it all together so it formulates. And that's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be reading the entire Bible. It's just not about the New Testament. It's the Old Testament, but you don't hear a whole lot of people saying much about the Old Testament because a lot of it, to, to them, well, it just doesn't make sense. So... When we arrive in heaven, we're going to be happy, folks. And we're going to be so overwhelmed with what we see. And, you know, the first thing that's going to happen after we're taken out of here, we're going to be at the, the, uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb. The Lamb being Jesus Christ. We're going to be at a supper, a wedding banquet. Because we are the bride of Christ. You and I are the bride of Christ. And so we're going to really look forward to that and being uh, joyful that that's happening, Okay. The very nature and, uh, and purpose of prophecy is to testify about Jesus Christ and uh, to bring glory to his name. If one-third of the Bible is prophecy, don't you think you ought to be studying it? And I don't know. Uh, I, I went to a seminary that taught prophecy. We really went through prophecy. A lot of seminaries don't even teach anything about prophecy. And, if, uh, and I'm trying, I'm trying, I am trying not to belittle anything. What I'm saying is... Full gospel, when you say full gospel to me, that means the entire Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, everything in between. And it behooves us to understand what it says. So we're going to be looking at a couple of things here. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. And I'm going to have to read down the Bible because I really can't see it that well. But uh, it says, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or grieve like the rest of men. Who have no hope. Um, believe that Jesus died, and uh, we believe that Jesus died and ro- uh, rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangels, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will arise first. After that, we who are alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the Thessalonians the people there in that, that particular church. But it's for all of us, okay? And, you know, it's interesting that these were young, this was a young church, and they were being taught prophecy, what, what was going to happen in, in the future. Matter of fact, as we read down through that, Paul is including himself, and he says, we, he's talking about we, him. He thought the Lord might return even in his lifetime. And so the Bible tells us to watch and wait for Jesus Christ and his soon appearing. His appearing is, in our time frame, it may not seem, uh, it might seem like eternity, but it's not eternity, okay? Everything that we'll do 
He says, but, so we need to understand this, okay? Let's look at it line by line and just talk about it. He says, brothers. So he's talking about, at this particular time, he's talking about brothers in the church. You and I are brothers. We call each other brothers, sisters, so on and so forth. We, uh, we do not want you to be ignorant about these, those who fall asleep or grieve like the rest of the men who have no hope. God doesn't want us to be in the dark. He tells us beforehand what's going to take place. And a lot of people today are saying, well, you know, this in the Bible, that's 2,000 years old and it still hasn't happened. But the Bible says it's what we call an imminent event. The, the, the rapture is an imminent event. Now, the word rapture is not in the Bible. You didn't see it in it, but, it's, it, but it is in the Bible. But it's the word caught up. It's saying in here. Okay, that we were not uh, that we, we we caught up, okay, into the heaven. Now, where do we get that word rapture from? It comes from the uh, from the uh, Latin rapturo, but in English it means rapture. Okay, in the Greek it's the word harpazo. It's uh, sometimes I've heard people say, "Well, it's the great snatch." Okay, when the Lord comes, He's going to take us out of here in a twinkling of an eye, according to. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In the twinkling of an eye, I'm going to be out of here. I'm looking forward to that. He's going to need a little bit of help to get me off the ground. Now, I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't know about you, but he's going to need a little help to get me off the ground. Some of us are going to have more uh, gravity applied, uh, or, or less gravity applied to us than others. But, you know, I'm looking forward to that time. It's a time that we rejoice. And it says in here, it says, there's so many people today that have no hope. You ever think about that? Jesus Christ in Titus, he's called the blessed hope. We're to look for him. We're to be waiting for him. If you're not waiting for him and you're not looking for him, you probably don't think anything about it. I hope you all do think about the, the fact that he's coming soon. We see all the things that are going on around us today, and I'm not going to go into that because we could spend all day spe- uh, talking to the events that are taking place even in our time. Okay? But I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm saying you have a chance. This may be your last chance to get on the train that's going to leave. And once the train leaves, and that's the rapture, once the rapture takes place, if you're left behind, you're going to be in deep, dark mm, stuff, okay? You're going to need more boots to get out of it, okay? So that makes sense to you? If you don't know Jesus Christ before you leave here today, you could be left behind. And it would be a scary thought because the things that are going to take place... During this seven-year tribulation period. Now, remember, the rapture takes place first, and then the seven years tribulation. The Christians will be taken out of it. Every believer, every believer at that time will be taken into heaven to be with the Lord. As he said, to encourage one another with those particular points. And so, I'm telling you today, you know, in First uh, Corinthians 15, uh, 5, it says, Listen, I tell you the mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. So, we know in... In the twinkling of an eye, just faster than that. You know how fast you could blink your eye? It's not, that, it's not the blinking eye. It's the twink, twinkling, that little twinkle that takes place in your eye. Okay? Uh, it will happen so fast, uh, it will be too late to make a decision then. You have an opportunity to make a decision today. Today is the day of salvation. Today, not tomorrow. Okay? And, uh, you know, I had a guy come to my house uh, this week, and he was installing some equipment in the house, and uh, I was talking to him, and he said he had been in, he had been in the army eleven years, and he was in a, a cavalry scout, which is you know snipers and those kind of things. And I was talking to him, and 
And uh, I asked him if he went to church, and he said, uh, no, but his girlfriend did. And she was kind of interested in this stuff. And I talked to him about the Lord, and he said to me, uh, he said, well, he said, I saw some horrendous things uh, in Afghanistan. And I said, well, I can imagine, because my son, I got four, two grandsons and two sons at Marine Corps. Okay, you're out of Marine Corps now, but I, I understand what he's talking about. He said, uh, and I've seen some things, and I kind of wonder, how can God be if he lets all these things happen? Folks, this is the evil heart that does these things in this world. Amen. People that love the Lord don't do those kinds of things. I mean, you're forced to do some things, but you don't go and, and, and te- uh, intentionally kill people, okay, which is murder. You don't go do that. You do it in self-defense. So anyway, I was talking to him, and he listened to me, but uh, he wasn't at the point where he needed, he was willing to make a decision for Christ. But that's what I'm saying. You can't put off those kinds of things. It gets you in deep trouble. Say, there are many churches today that have been in existence for more than 2,000 years. Listen to this, for over 2,000 years, whose members have but a vague understanding of the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ. Now, I, uh, when I had... When I was pastoring before, I had a chart about the entire tribulation period, uh, the rapture, everything that takes place, okay, from the beginning to the end. And the people looked at that, and they kind of like, ooh, what is all that stuff? When you put it all together, it's very complex. It looks like that. But that's why the Bible tells us that we ought to be diligent about what we're doing. Find out what's going on. I love prophecy. Prophecy is what changed my life, quite frankly. I mean, I love the Lord, but prophecy changed my life. Now, I'm just saying you have to be a a prophetic nut like I am, but I I do love the Lord, and I love his word. And what his word says, it is absolutely true. It says it's been forever settled in heaven. It's already been settled. I mean, it's already been written. It's going to take place exactly what the Bible says. If you haven't read the book of Revelation, a lot of people don't read it because they're afraid of it. But furthermore, they don't understand it. And it is. It does take a lot of understanding because what is in the book of Revelation, one of the great, uh, not philosophers, one of the great theologians says everything that's in the the book of Revelation is in the rest of the Bible. It may not be the exact same word, but it's it's in the Bible. A lot of it is even in the Old Testament. So it behooves us to study these things and find out what's going on. But there's a lot of people uh, just get confused between reading 1 Thessalonians, you know, 4, and then going to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it changes. It changes. It's talking about the second coming versus the, uh, which is when Jesus come back after the tribulation period. Now, I want to I do this because I know that, uh, I don't know this, but I know that many of you in here are confused about what the rapture is versus what the, what the tribulation period is. You know, if you're a Christian, you're not going to be here during the seven years of tribulation. When the mark of the beast is, is poured out and given to people, you won't be here. You're going to be in heaven if you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And it says he, he being Jesus, is coming to take us into heaven to be with him so we don't have to go through the wrath that he's going to pour out on the world for rejection. And so, you know, you say, well, I don't reject. You probably, probably there's nobody in here that's rejected Christ, okay? But if you haven't made a decision for Christ, you, in effect, are sitting in that same boat. You haven't made the decision yet. You're thinking about it. 
you know, like a lot of people think about it. And I know I've witnessed over years, and I know Pastor and others of y'all have witnessed to people over the years. And they're kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I believe all that stuff. It's a myth. It's not myth. It's mythified. It's mystified. The Bible says it's a mystery. Okay, a lot of the things are mysteries, okay? But he's coming back to set up his kingdom on earth after the tribulation period. And so it's important to understand that, okay? Now, I'm going to go down through a little bit more. In verse 14, it says, We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in, in him. Now, what, listen, everyone that's died that's, uh, that believes in Jesus Christ has been inserted into the body of Christ. Amen? They've been inserted into the body of Christ. And when he comes back, those that have already died are coming back with him. Okay? So he's coming from heaven back to earth to get us. But the ones that have already died, their souls have already gone to be with him. Their, their, their uh, corpses in the ground is turned to dust or whatever. But God uh, is coming back and bring them back together. Because you know, I've, I've said this before. You know the only people that get into heaven? They're believers, of, of course, but they're the ones that are perfect. Okay? And if I asked you in here, how many of y'all really think you're perfect? Didn't get no hands. <laughs> We're not perfect in this flesh, are we? Our, our flesh is not perfect. But what is perfect is, is the fact that Jesus is adorned us with robes of righteousness. Jesus Christ has put his robe of righteousness on us, so when the Father looks... For his children, he's looking for somebody that has a robe of righteousness on him. You get that by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You're now clothed with the robe of righteousness. You're pure. Your spirit is pure. Now, your flesh is not pure, and that's one of the purposes of the rapture. The rapture will take us into heaven, and at the twinkling of an eye, we'll be changed. We'll get a new body. And I always say, I'm always looking forward to that new body. I'm going to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, finally. I've tried all my life, and it ain't worked. But it's going to work. So, Jesus, and it says, Jesus Christ will bring with him, with him, those who have fallen asleep in him. That word, uh, sleep, is a euphemism for died, that have died in him. Okay? If you don't know Jesus Christ, you haven't, and you die, you're not in him. Okay? You're, you're in the dirt. Okay, you're waiting for resurrection, but it's not the kind of resurrection you want. It'll be at the end of time, okay? And it'll be for the judgment throne of Jesus Christ himself. Not his, it'll be the great, what they call the great white throne judgment. So he says, and in verse 15, he says, according to the Lord's own words. Now, the Lord had been teaching this to the apostle Paul and to the other disciples, but he says, according to the Lord's own words, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left, Till the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Interesting thing, if you know anything about computers, one of the things they do with computers, first in, first out. Uh, if you go to a store, if you're the first one in there, you're generally the first one is going to get, they're going to get your, if you got a ticket, sometimes you have to get a ticket. But, you know, they're going to take care of you before they do get the person last in the line. So those who have fallen asleep in Jesus Christ are going to be resurrected. It'll be so quickly we won't even know the difference. But those that have died in Christ will be resurrected and we'll be right after them. And Paul said, we who are still alive. He thought himself might even be alive. And so when we look back at time and we go back 
we sometimes get a little mesmerized. Let me point something out to you. It says in 2 Peter 3, verses 3 and 4, it said, and this is, again, Peter writing, he said, first of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of time. I'll point something out to you. Scoffers. We have people scoffing today. Well, they're, hey, I'm telling you, they're religious people today. And I say religious. I didn't say Jesus. Uh, but they, they, don't, they denounce the soon coming of Jesus Christ and the rapture. There's a lot of churches that don't even believe in the rapture. They believe all that stuff. That, that, that's not true. They believe the book of Revelation. You ever heard of preterists? How many of y'all ever heard of preterists? No? A preterist is what a lot of people are today. Preterist meaning that all the things that happened in the book of Revelation have already happened. Now, come on, folks. Anybody logical to read that, uh, something's wrong. Okay? But I'm telling you, these are theologians that believe that. Now, what's happened to them, I don't know. All I know is they believe that stuff. Okay? The book of Revelation has not happened yet. Okay? As a matter of fact, if you go to... Chapter 4 of the book of Revelation, you'll find out that is the rapture of the church. Chapter 4 talks about the rapture of the church. It doesn't use that term. But he's talking to John, the apostle, and he says that, come up here. Come up here. He's talking about uh, being taken into heaven. And he sees what's going on. He says, and the things that will happen after this, what are going to happen? So you and I won't be here, but it's important to know what, what is going on. You know, I always tell people, I said, look, when we're... When Christmas is getting close to being here, you know Thanksgiving comes right before that, don't you? So when Thanksgiving comes around, you'll know Christmas is right around the corner. And the same thing, when we see all these events, he talks about in chapter 25, when you see all these things happening, wars, rumors, wars, all these things happening, he says, when you see all those things happening, you'll know I'm right at the door. We need to be aware of that. We see so many things happening in a cataclysmic in the world today. Nations turned against nation, diversity. We have diversity in America that is just, we're dis, dis, disjoined. We're not even unified in almost anything. Our government is not, uh, not uh, joined, and uh, nobody agrees on anything. And there's a hatred that takes place. And we're not to hate anybody. We, I, I may not like what's going on, but we're not to hate anybody. And we need to keep that always in, in. But so what's happening here is a lot of the churches today, and I'm seriously, if you go check and find out if they believe in the rapture, you'll find out. I know one thing. I mean, I could tell you several churches, but they don't even believe in that. They, they believe uh, it's okay to ordain homosexuals. It's, it's okay to live outside of marriage with, with a woman. I mean, they're even teaching that in churches now. These are the kinds of things that are against God's word, and we need to be aware of those kinds of things. So the rapture is is a, a, a imminent event. It could happen before we get out of here today. So back to uh, verse 16, it says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. See, the Lord's coming down from heaven. He's coming down to get his people, his children. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again for you. Okay? If you ever go to a funeral, you'll hear that espoused a lot of times, that, that particular passage. But the Lord went to heaven. He says, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And when, I, and when it's completed and everything, I'm going to come back and get you. 
so that where he is, I'll be also. And that's one of the things I'm looking forward to personally. I'm ready to go. I mean, I don't want to die necessarily, but I'm ready to go. Okay, I'm getting tired of hearing all these kinds of things that are going on. Christianity is falling into drink, and, and people are not standing up for what they believe, and they're falling away, and it's called the apostasy. The, the church itself is turning away from God's truth. They don't believe it's, it's the truth. You can't take, you, this is not a menu that you can come in, you can take part of it and discard the rest of it. It's either all true or there's all false. What is true and false? It's all true. My word is truth, Jesus said. So if you believe in Jesus, you've got to believe what this word. Now, you may not quite understand all of its intricacies, but what he says is true. Absolutely. Got a little bit. Got another hour and a half? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> y'all saying, I oh, hope not. <laughs> okay. Uh, when it says you will come down with, a, with a, a, a command, with the voice of the archangel and with a trumpet call of God. Now, I'll, th- I'll tell you something here. Some people think this is an angel coming. The angels are not coming back with Jesus Christ to get us. He is coming himself. He ain't sending somebody to pick us up. He's coming himself, it says there. And it says, with the voice of the archangel. It's the voice. The, the archangel, when it announces stuff in the book of Revelation, when it, when it says things, they're so loud, okay, the whole world is frightened. Jesus Christ is, is what they're doing here is depicting his voice. It's going to be loud. Those who are believers will know it. The rest of the world, they will have no idea. They'll be clueless as to what happened. God does not reveal those kinds of things to the people that are not born again. If you're not born again in Jesus Christ, God doesn't reveal these things to you. Okay? They're a mystery to you. And if you talk to anybody that's not a Christian, they'll say, I don't believe that stuff. Okay? You can read it, but what are you reading it for? They'll read it because it kind of displays something in your mind, but... I mean, we've got to believe God's word. What is what it says it is, okay? And he said, And the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Okay? So those that have already gone on to be with the Lord, they've passed away, they're going to come back, they're going to come back with him, their souls, not their bodies. Their souls are going to come back. Okay? And their body is going to be resurrected and changed in the twinkling of eye. According to First Thessalonians, First uh, Corinthians, chapter fifteen, their bodies will be changed, and like I said, just like that. So, for us Christians, we do really have something besides all the hope and the good good times. We're going to get a new body too. Thank you, Jesus, and we need to be perfect. And He's the one that makes it perfect. I don't. I'm not perfect. The pastor's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Now, I don't, if I ask y'all in here, how many of y'all sinned within the past day or two? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I'm not looking for culprits. <laughs> but, would you, you know, we'd all throw our hands up. And if you're not, well, you're probably not being honest about something, okay? We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, okay? But that's why it is important to come to him and accept what he says. And he says, uh, and, and those who are still alive will be caught, are, are still alive and left will be caught up to, together. And that's right there in verse 17. Verse 17, if you got your Bible and you're looking at it, you can write in there uh, the rapture, caught up. That's the word we're talking about, caught up. God is going to catch us up into heaven. Now, when he comes back the next time, at the end of the tribulation period, he's coming back with the saints. That's you and I and the angels. He's coming back according to uh, Revelation chapter 19. 
Okay, he's coming back with his saints. And we'll be on white horses in white linen. And that white linen represents the fact that we're going to be clean and pure because he has clothed us with a changed body. Changed body. It is no longer can be degraded. And it says, and uh, he says he's coming in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we're going to meet Jesus Christ in the air. But you know, there's an interesting thing. We're going to meet him in the air, and we'll hear this loud trumpet sound, but the rest of the world won't even know what happened, okay? All of a sudden, everybody will be gone. They'll wonder, what's, what's going on? Now, the second coming, we know there's a lots of things that take place before his second coming. And that is what we call, you know, at the end of the battle of Armageddon, the end of the uh, tribulation, the seven-year tribulation, he will, he will come back. When he comes back, he's going to come... He's going to come back riding on a white horse, which depicts he has won the battle. And it says in in Revelation that, you know, he's going to come back riding on that white horse with the saints, okay, with with his armies, which include the saints as well as, uh, as angels. He's going to come back. And he's going to change everything just with the sword that comes out of his mouth. He's going to speak it. He spoke the world into existence in the book of uh, Genesis. He'll speak it, and they'll be de- dead just like that. They won't, their bodies will be awaiting judgment from then on that are still here, that have not been saved. He says, if you stand firm to end, you will be saved. He's talking, about, he's talking about Jewish people, but he's also talking about any Gentiles that come to accept Jesus Christ at the, during that seven-year period. Now, folks, none of us in here have to go through that. Not one single one of us have to go through that if we just pay attention to what's going on in this world today. God gives us numerous opportunities to accept Him. Numerous. So you have a choice, okay? And you know, I, I find this very interesting too. We always talk about the ABCs uh, of salvation. So let me ask you this. A, admit you're a sinner. Okay? And I've had a number of people I've run across in my life that say, no, they don't sin. Well, they they don't understand the meaning of sin or they're deluding themselves. They're delusional. They're not paying attention. Okay, so you have to admit you're a sinner. Okay, don't raise your hand. You can keep them down here. But are you a sinner? Okay, that's number one, admit. And the second thing is to believe. Believe what? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that he died, okay, for our sins. He was buried and he was resurrected to new life. That gives me the hope. If it happened to him, it's going to happen to me. So you, first thing you do, accept, admit, believe, and then confess. Confess with your heart and your mind. Confess, Lord, I'm a sinner. I know you're absolutely right. I don't deserve anything. I believe that you died for my sins. And I confess that you're my Savior. Have you done that? Have you done that? It's not, it's not complex. God didn't make this thing complex. He said, just come to me, you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I'll give you the rest you need. You know, that's what this is all about, the peace. Reconcile to God. We're no longer at war with him. Okay? We're no longer at war with Jesus Christ. We're in unison with him, and we begin from then forth to move forward and learn and progress. And so... Uh, 
You know, I could go on, I won't, but I could go on for another couple of hours. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about uh, the second coming and, 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 res, and the rapture, but I'm going to make some differentiations. But, uh, and there's many, there's many passages in the Scripture that talk about this rapture. But what's the purpose here? The purpose is to, for us to escape. To escape the, the rapture is a, it's a movement from uh, here to heaven. Whereas the uh, second coming, Jesus is coming back, but it's, it's coming from heaven down here to destroy those who have not accepted. So the rapture is an important issue, okay? And you ought to go back and read these passages uh, and he taught the early church these things, and we need to be studying these kinds of things too. It's not just one thing in the Bible, it's everything. The full counsel of God, that's what it's called. The good news, some people call it uh, the, the, the full counsel of God. Teaching everything and teaching you to obey everything. Everything. Amen. Those are the issues there, okay? Again, it is an imminent event. It's imminent, meaning it can happen at any moment now. Okay, any moment. So today, you have the opportunity to make that decision. We're going to, uh, I want to pray and just end this, and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll sing a song. And if you have a decision, you know, I know the pastor does this every week, but, you know, the statistics say that there's many people that ha- in the church that have to hear the gospel presentation you know, some 40-some-odd times on the average before they ever get to the point where they say, well, I want to do this. I'm going to tell you this one last story, and then I'm going to pray. Back when uh, we were involved in, Emily and I were involved in a ministry, Victory Outreach, and most of those people come out of gangs. Uh, a lot of them were pimps, prostitutes, drug addicts, all those things. And uh, the pastor... Jesse Perez. Jesse was a guy that, uh, and I might have told this story once before, but anyway, Jesse uh, grew up in San Jose, California, gang capital of the world at the time, okay? And Jesse uh, and I became really good friends, and we started attending his church and uh, went over there and, and worked with them, and, uh, and, and these people were... These people weren't fake. These people were absolutely right on target, and, man, they weren't a scared day. On Friday night, we used to go downtown, on Friday night, go downtown and witness to the people there. And I'm talking about down in the, uh, Deep Ellum and some of the other places. We go down there, and these guys weren't afraid of anything. Hey, they've been in gangs, okay? They went down there, and hey, and it was like a brotherhood to them because, you know, gang members generally hang together. Well, when they became Christians, they hung together. And Jesse was telling me, he, I said, Jesse, how do you come to know the Lord? He said, well, you know what happened to me? He said, uh, I would... Uh, I was there in San Jose, and I was going to a party. And for some reason or another, I decided I was going to go to church. He said, I hadn't even been to church. I don't even know what a church was, but I heard people saying, you need to go to church. So he says, I was there, and I had my uh, zoot suit. Any of y'all know what a zoot suit is? Well, back in those days, they wore these long uh, pants up to here, waist up to here, and suspenders, and the hat, and the shoes. And, I mean, they just, they would... They would iron those pants until they were standing up. You could throw them over in the corner, stand up by themselves. I mean, they really were that, if you ever seen anything about zook suits. And anyway, he said, I was there pressing on my khakis and all this stuff. It really looked good. 
he says, I go. And uh, he said, I, I was sitting there, and I, he said, I was standing there, and my girlfriend, which is his wife now, but he said, my girlfriend came in, and she said, where are you going? He says, I'm going to uh, church. She's like, whoa, okay, what about this? <laughs> I don't know what this is. But Jesse said that at the time, he was in there smoking dope. He was toking. He was smoking marijuana. I mean, he was telling this to the congregation and told me many times. He said, I was there smoking marijuana. And he says, I don't even know why I was going. He said, I went to church. And this guy was up there preaching. He says, I didn't hear a thing the guy said. He said, I was like tripping out. He said, I didn't know what the guy said. All I know is something in me said, go up there. And because he did hear the least altar call, come before, come up here. And so he came up and he got saved. And from that day forward, he turned around and started living for the Lord and became a pastor. And he's, he does a, he's over all the, the Victory Outreach Centers uh, in South Texas and up here in, in Dallas. So God changes lives, folks. He changed my life, and I know he's changed a lot of y'all's life, but we're not finished. We're not finished. We've got a lot to live, learn and a lot to do. And, and, you know, it's just not the pastor's job to preach to you guys. He's to equip the, the saints. He's to equip you and I, okay, to go out and tell others about him. And we're going to start. Brother Tracy is working on some stuff, too, along with a group. We're going to get some outreach going on around here. Okay, where all of us can get involved. You don't have to be a you don't have to be a walking talking Bible. All you have to do is know that you love people and you tell them you love them. You'll be surprised what'll happen. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to have a, a song of invitation. Okay, Father God, I I pray today that your word has been exalted above everything. That you, O oh Father, will help us, guide us, help us and guide us, Father. That if we need to make a decision for you, Father, today is the day of salvation. It's not tomorrow. We're not guaranteed anything tomorrow. But, God, I know that there are people here that, Father, may need to just uh, renew their life in you, Father. They may be already saved and just have never uh, uh, joined this church or looking for a church or, Father, where they might be. You know where they are. And I ask that we would just expose our hearts to you so that you might... Uh, do what we want, uh, what you want to do with us, Father. You are over all of us, Father, and you love us dearly, Father. And so let no one leave today that hasn't made a, a profession of faith in you. I love you, Lord, and I give you thanks for these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.